everyone. This is Nick Castle, better known as The Shake. And you are listening to the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast. And Greg, I'm right out your window. Weaving in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that just like the Power Glove is just so bad. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we finish our month-long journey of wandering the wasteland as we take a listen to the ethereal score of 2015's Turbo Kid. But before we get to that, let me remind you we're part of the Boom Howdy Podcast Network. Boom Howdy. You can find all of our past episodes at boomhowdy.com, or the easiest way to listen in is to simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your turbo hole. And again, if you are wandering the wasteland and you do happen to find a Wi-Fi signal, you can follow us along on social media, on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And like I said, especially on Facebook, it's important, if, especially if you're in the Kansas City area, uh-huh. if you've managed to make, you know, wandering into the Midwest wasteland. The Midwest, I like that. Yeah, well, yeah, it's very scary indeed. It's true. But uh, we do post uh, horrific events there on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recently, we uh, had a chance to host, and it was a so much fun. I want yeah, to talk a little bit about it. Uh, was our little watch party of Joe Bob's last drive-in show? Dude, that was fun in a bun, man. That was a good time. A good time was had by all. It really was, and this was technically your first time seeing it on the big screen and live streaming. Live streaming it, yeah. So the last one I caught of the Joe Bob was the Phantasm one. But uh, I always liked him in Monster Vision, but it was super fucking cool to see him on the big screen. And what a fucking way to end the season. This movie that we saw, Blood Harvest, was wild as shit. First time watch. Yeah, for and both of us, I think. Yeah, I think for the entire Not audience. everybody, yeah. Holy smokes. But if you ever wanted a backwoods, Texas Chainsaw-style weird homage featuring it's it's a home invasion feature it's a home invasion movie featuring tiny tim not like the god bless us everyone but the tiptoe through the two leaves by the window right the entire movie he's dressed up as a clown a terrifying clown named mervo the magnificent mervo <laughs> and so there's this scene there's two scenes in particular that'll give people the hebeest of fucking gbs there's one where he's in this like dilapidated barn and you just see him like beckoning you to come into his barn while he's <laughs> while he's speaking out of the cloud. While he's like, "Oh, Jack and Jill went up the hill to fetch a pail of water." It is surreal. And the other one is where he's sitting on the swing set. That was frightening. In the dark, looking in your window. Holy shit! Insane. Intertwine. Intertwine with Joe Bob's commentary, and then probably the weirdest moment of the night. It's when you had Joe Bob watching Tiny Tim watch Joe Bob watching Tiny, Tiny Tim. Tim. Yeah. <laughs> and so they brought in like and throughout, a I, Tiny Tim expert. Yes. I didn't think <laughs> on my Friday night I'd be getting two of them. <laughs> a Tiny Tim education. Right? And apparently Tiny Tim started trending on Twitter. Of yep. all things. He tiptoed through the Twitter. <laughs> Indeed he did. And then they followed it up with uh, one I was super excited to see on the big screen. Uh, Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Wop, bob, a loo, bob, a wham, bam, boom. <laughs> that locker scene is fucking grand. Grand. That, that film revolves around some wonderful special effects set pieces. 
and on also tile. It's one of those movies I see is a wait, what movie? Because it does something. And then you're like, wait, what? You're not supposed to do that. What's happening here? What's happening? So seeing it on the big screen was wonderful. Speaking of Michael of Ironside. Yes. Oh, yeah. Give you a sneak peek into what we're going to into going back into the wasteland. Yeah. No, but seeing that on the big screen, number one, just as a trial run to make sure that the streaming, it was streaming. And like props to like the cable because it it was raining hard that night. It was like we were in a wasteland that Mm -hmm. evening. But no, I think. We had the the Blade Runner uh, (laughs) fucking umbrellas and shit. You had to. You had to. But no, it was a lot of fun. And because there's a season two coming up, we are indeed going to be doing this again. So please make sure you're following along at Tapcade, uh, Nightmare Junk. We will be posting that. And it was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, again, just seeing it on the big Because listen, I've been doing this from home. Total solo mission. You know, every Friday night has been here in the basement, in the tub, or in my bedroom. That does sound, not going to sound as dirty, <laughs> hopefully. But, you know, just streaming these this experience right. through myself. And I'm not a social media guy, so I'm just watching the films. So seeing it with a group, experience, again, that communal experience... It was rad. It was just a lot of fun. Especially those movies. Oh, especially those films. No, I, like I said, a good time was had by all. We will definitely be doing it again, so make sure you're checking that out. And then also, if you're in the Kansas City area on Tuesday nights, make sure you're checking out Terry Tuesday at the Alamo Draft House. Uh, upcoming June 4th, they have a little vampire flick that the last time I saw... I don't think I understood it as much I was um, really into it. Yeah, the last time I saw it, I didn't see it. So it's... <laughs> were you were you going scene specifically? <laughs> yes, I was. So, I, it was it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. We are talking The Hunger. But I do remember that movie was dirty. Yeah, and speaking, I want to be dirty yikes. with Susan Sarandon. Yes. Me, chill me, chill me, creature of the night. <laughs> It all comes back. It yep. all comes back. But then the following week, uh, they're going to do another one, which is one of my all-time favorites, but Don Coscarelli's Bubba Hotep. That's going to be rad. That's going to be rad. Always plays well on the big screen. <laughs> and then the end of the month, go back to our 1978 Into the Mouth of Madness tournament. Yep. Uh, we talked a little bit about an Ozploitation flick called Patrick. Yep. If you haven't seen Patrick, you just need to watch out for one thing, and that's telekinesis sad hand jobs. So... That's <laughs> and if that sounds like your thing, you can see it up on the big screen. <laughs> it's 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 going to be something. So check it out. Um, we will be posting a lot of stuff here if you're in the Kansas City area. Now, here we are going to be ending our month long look of wandering the wasteland, all mm-hmm. the po- post apocalyptic films. And we mentioned that this particular episode was supposed to be <laughs> supposed to be either. Dead in Drive-In, <coughs> Brian Trenchard Smith classic, mm-hmm. or we mentioned on the episode we might call an audible and do turkey shoot. Mm-hmm. Well, we did call an audible, but as it turns out, we did neither. No, we stick with the tease, though. <laughs> we did stick with the tease, and the reason that we're going to do a, uh, talk a little bit about this particular film is on uh, Nerds and Nostalgia, we actually were, we were supposed to release our live Turbo Kid episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were in attendance on the Monday night screening, the screening went wonderful. The The podcast itself, though, truly took a turn, as as you do in the wasteland. Yeah. Things got kind of filthy. <laughs> You'd have to do what you need to do to survive. What, as, what happens in the wasteland right? stays in the wasteland. Leave the pod and walk <laughs> away. <laughs> what is the password? <laughs> Orgy. <laughs> uh, the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller, for sure. So it took a dark turn, but 
like wastelands do, you know, sometimes you, you salvage with what you have. You got. So unfortunately, the the file was corrupted. Mm-hmm. So we ran we ran a different audible this time. We wanted to talk about Turbo Kid a little bit more, but the thing we didn't get to focus on as much during the episode uh, was actually the score. Yeah, which of is Turbo the, Kid, and it's a rad score, which is too. amazingly rad. Which leads us to this week's segment called "What's the Score," where we kick back and listen to some of our favorite horror scores or soundtracks. Uh, but ultimately, we do this maybe once a month. It's been a while since our last one mm-hmm. but there are some podcasts that do it every week so make sure you're checking the uh, from an inspired by podcast uh the damn fine podcast and shouts out to damien who took over the cuts from the crypt segment of damn fine the damn fine network Mwah. fantastic always a good listen so make sure you're checking them out following them uh supporting their podcast uh and this particular album is from the Death Waltz line, of which we've featured quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's face it, sometimes we like to joke that this is an episode where we get to kick back and get lazy, you know? Because, again, we are listening to what we have here in the recording studio. Mm-hmm. And it's just spinning, and we are listening. Yep, that's the, the gist the, of it. It's that's the long and the, the short. Gist we're of just it. having a good time kicking back with some tunes. And so we're going to kick things off just going, you know, almost chronologically here. But we're going to listen to the intro, and then we're going to go into the wasteland. And this entire score is done by Le Matos. Oh, Le Matos. Don't get it too, uh, you know. Je <laughs> Too sexy. <laughs> but like you said, it's ethereal, it's rad, it really sets the tone nicely. And what's great with this particular film is we'll and we'll get into more when you know after the, these first two tracks, but it's it's a loving homage to the post apocalyptic genre. Mm-hmm. Uh, hits all the, the fine points and including one of the favorite tropes of mine is you either get an intro narration or at least some type to set everything up. Oh yeah. And we start that thing off. So we're gonna listen to the Intro, and then we're going to go into the wasteland.
I'm not saying that the Guidos would rule out in the wasteland, but if they have a driving beat like that to spur them on, you got to watch out. Anybody, dude, that, okay, so starting off with, with the intro, like, nuclear war has ravaged the land, you know? you're. It's like, holy shit, you're just picturing this total wasteland. And then when that music hits, if you don't have a smile on your face and just bobbing your head and just with this vivid, massive picture, especially when he goes, the year is 1997, yes, you instantly, instantly know what you're getting in for. Even if you've never seen this movie, you just had that picture, poof, right in your head. And I'm not going to say that we both didn't probably cheer audibly when they said 1997 right? when we first watched this film. Right, I did. Because I like, if you're going to make a loving homage to a post-apocalyptic film, you are going to set it in the year 1997. That's when the apocalypse happens. <laughs> if John Carpenter taught us anything in life, it's right? to note we, we've somehow survived. We made it past 1997. Mm-hmm. Now, the next one, I think, is 2024, if we go by a boy and his dog logic. <laughs> no, okay. No, 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 no. So it's 1997, 2012. No, no, 1997, 2000, 2012. 2024. There we go, and that's hitting all the calendars, yeah. <laughs> just to make sure you know we're we're including all the apocalypse. Exactly. I'd like to think we are the the United Benetton of, of apocalypse. Right? Everybody in apocalypse, or is that apocalypse apocalypse for the plural of apocalypse? Apocalypse apocalyptos. No, we're leaning now way into the Mel Gibson rich, but again, yeah. that goes back to the Mad Max era of that. But no, we get the narration, and it's classic. It's in the it's Aus- wonderful, and it's Australian narration as well. Crikey! But even and now, we, what you don't hear in this particular uh, score, though, is after that little opening, we get our little first introduction to the kid, and he's out on his bike. So it could be a boy and his bike, you know, just in terms of how it starts out initially, right? Uh huh. But he then starts doing some radical bike work. <laughs> And it cuts into John Farnham's Thunder in Your Heart. And another reason, just when the smile immediately kind of went for me, because I was like, oh, they're totally tapping into that rad vein. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say- And it is a rad vein. It's completely a rad vein. And I know this is going to be probably an unpopular opinion, but I actually prefer John Farnham's version of Thunder in Your Heart to Stan Bush. And if you know anything about like 80s music, Stan Bush is like, he's the be all end all. Mm-hmm. You know, he has the touch. <laughs> he has the power. <laughs> true. No, truly. truly. No, yeah, no, no, no. I agree. But for me, the, and this is the version that's in the movie Rad. And I think that's why I enjoy it that's, so much that's more. Your, that's your one. That's it, your flavor. Uh, it is my flavor. Well, speaking of flavors, some people, they prefer banana. Some people prefer oranges. Vanilla I twist. myself. Oh, yeah. You be, beware of the vanilla <laughs> twist. However, I am. I'm more of an apple fan. Yes. And the apple of my eye. The apple was only polished and just made so much better uh, with Lawrence Labou's performance as apple and yeah. the next track we're going to listen to here is no tomorrow and this is the one that if you actually we did our pre-show we che- we featured the video of this because it's kind of a prequel mm-hmm. of apple's journey right up until we meet her in turbo kid but this is also the this is the one that has lyrics so it, it felt almost like a music video yeah totally did but and it worked. It, like, it was a great little prequel music video. And like I said, as dour as things are, as we get in the intro. But she's still Apple the entire through and through. And it's just she makes her that much more endearing. 
You either love her, or you hate her, but she's Apple, and she's always Apple, and she's wonderful. And much like you know, if you do one, of, if you listen to this track once a day, you you know definitely have a keep a, the apocalypse away, and it'll keep all your hearts full. So we're gonna listen mm-hmm. to No Tomorrow. into the no tomorrow how about you there genius oh hell yeah you know what i was thinking that is a great theme for apple i mean that is a perfect theme for apple because it's jaunty it's happy you know it's like it's cute it's like you know it's just it's 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 positive it's yeah it's it's optimistic It's it's apple it is totally apple that is a great apple theme and we talked a little bit about on the podcast and because you, you sometimes when you love something so much, you want to see how others think of it. And then you wander into the wasteland that truly is the Internet. Mm-hmm. And then you stumble upon a roving bat of nomads that really dislike Apple. The trolls. Yes. Ah. And there were their share out there. And listen, I when someone's that enthusiastic. I can. F- yeah, I get it. I get it. If you don't like Apple, I understand. But it was my type of enthusiastic. Right. I was like. 
yeah, Apple, let's go on adventures. You know, sometimes you need to be excited to play tag. Exactly, and just excited about everything. Sometimes you need to find the 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 you know the solace in life's little pleasures, like pegs. Mm-hmm. Like when you know, and Lucky. don't take this out of context, but you know, when someone sees pegs in the back and you've got a bike, they know what that means. Come on now. Yeah. You you can you can tandem up. You got to band together in it, the wasteland. It's time to go on adventures, and that's what you do. And with Turbo Kid, it's so funny. We talked about it that it's kind of an it's a post apocalyptic film with heart. Yeah. So much so that you literally see them on the screen. Uh huh. But also that it's a feel good film. Okay, but yeah, but hold on. Let's let's, let's talk right here. It's a feel good film. Everybody's it's lovey dovey, and we're all like, "Hey, how great this movie is!" And but one thing we're forgetting: this is a horror podcast, and we're talking about horror things. You're probably asking, like, "Where's the horror come involved in this?" Oh, oh well, well, that's going to bring us to our next track, actually, <laughs> which is entitled "The Duel." And we're going to play a little bit of this, and then we're going to talk a little bit about what makes this film truly belong (laughs) in the horror (laughs) genre. But take a listen to this little jaunty tune called The Duel. like a usual suspects lineup there when they're building up to the eventual violence mm-hmm. this movie is gory as shit <laughs> this is a okay there's two things that make this movie a horror movie and a good proper horror well aside from the apocalypse right one is the villains okay you have one of the dopest looking villains that come out in a long time in skeletron he is. He looks like everything you would want in your post-apocalyptic number two. Mm-hmm. The heavy, the one that does all the heavy lifting. Your muscle, the silent type, the strong silent type, with this rat ass mask that looks like a metal skeleton, and the hair wild, and the shoulder pads. Check. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Oh yeah. <laughs> Check. Um, and just with a buzzsaw hand. Which, and they it, can shoot. Not, well, hold on. Hold on. It's, it's a not, gauntlet. He, it's a gauntlet. Exactly. He still has his hand because. The, the buzzsaw hand would imply That's, minus hand. Right. And in, in the post-apocalyptics, that can happen. So you got to make sure to differentiate. But then ultimately, you're only as good as your villain, as your main bad guy. And you want to talk about, like, the, the ultimate in Canadian heavies. Mm-hmm. You know, we mentioned a little bit uh, earlier here. 
Chussle. Mr. Chussle. Zeus, Zeus himself. Uh-huh. Uh, Michael Ironside showing just, up in here. Just killing it. Killing it. Absolutely Looking killing it. Looking dope with the eye patch and the cane and being all badass. Everything that you need in a good post-apocalyptic bad guy. The yep. guy that is influencing. The guy that actually has a plan, as it turns out. And this is the other thing. There's a lot of desolation in this film. Mm-hmm. And it's, Check. Yep. <laughs> and it's water that is our scarcity. And then his whole thing is almost like a Soylent Green-esque cannibalism of some sort but and again when it goes back to having a really weird brrr, it's like the like the yep. juicer the juicer because he goes on this thing and he goes man humans are made out of 70 percent water and blah 10 percent gristle and blah 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 contract it down clean water and so it is can't again cannibalism check exactly right? and for everybody trying to find water and he's got the market share because he's killing it's people the what? Aquafina is people. Well, like I said, you know, if you are Canadian going in there, do you come out clearly Canadian? Ah. Uh-huh. Well, tr- but truly, that's like, you know, <laughs> you can you could actually have a niche market with that mm-hmm. entire run there. It's like, oh, you uh, prefer of a certain ethnicity? No problem, we got that. It's exotic. Yeah. You, you like bubble tea? We can do that. <laughs> oh no, no. Yeah, you don't want that. <laughs> Just said it's a chunky. Yes. <laughs> But that's going to lead us then into our next track here, and it is entitled Highway 64, and it's another one that's just kind of the beauty of this score, though, is how synth-heavy it is, mm-hmm. and obviously, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know we do love us yeah. some synth scores, <laughs> And but this one does set the tone so nicely because it does place it as a film that you would see in the 1980s, mm-hmm. but we're seeing it done in through this, through this vein, and we'll go a little bit into that into our next segment yeah. about... This is a no, kind of the homage versus the parody right. that you'll see in a lot of this. But yeah, let's listen here to Highway 64.
music to drive to, mm-hmm. music that keeps you driven, music to ride a bike to, music to, to fuck people up to. This movie is wonderfully gory. That's the thing we didn't touch upon is how truly gory this film is. And when that first bit of violence hits you and basically sprays blood yeah. in your face, it tells you, okay, this is the kind of film you're about to invest in are you ready for this kind of ride there's there's no magical door or tunnel that they go through <laughs> no, not in this film but there's definitely a twist once that violence hits we splatter the thing <sighs> to think about it is a splatter punk-esque film so the violence as horrific as it is it's not realistic in the in it's the campy least. but funny yeah it's and that's what it meant to be it's mm-hmm. not and that's the kind of film it's uh uh the in the kind of the style of ricky o yeah. Uh, think of the original Evil Dead. Think of some of the really cool samurai films out there where you just get the splatters of blood. And splatter and then and the visnu and yeah, just it becomes a wet, messy film. Yeah, it does. And like, are, a, not like an apocalypse should be. Absolutely. Well in this in this kind of vein, this is where, you know, you could imagine this existing in the Neil Marshall mm-hmm. verse that we we've already yeah. seen in in the Stakeland verse, uh-huh. if you will. Not necessarily a boy and his dog. But it's but yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> but uh uh, it, it it's not it's it's silly and it's campy and it's fun, but it's not over the top in a goofy way. It's not like and that's the thing. Ultimately, we've talked about kind of the loving homage that it is mm-hmm. to all those films that we've just talked about, and you can tell that it is done in a loving way. That yeah. there is reverence for these films that they are put upon an altar, if you will, mm-hmm. versus kind of the parody style that you get with. Another the, another type, for example, there's like to me, there's two different types of camps. There's the Turbo Kid camp and the Kung Fury camp because they came out around the relatively around the same, same amount of time, same time, and they're both a post apoc, both '80s love of '80s, clearly on their sleeve. Anyone, and their anyone that sees them immediately, they come to you and I, and like, oh, you guys would love these things, right? And a lot of people did that with both of them. Well, actually, mm-hmm. no, more people probably did it with Kung Fury than they did with Turbo Kid because for some reason, I think more people were saw Kung Fury, yeah, than yeah. they. Did originally Turbo Kid, which mm-hmm. was interesting. Maybe because Kung Fury was like an internet thing, Certainly. more people could get. And, and Turbo Kid is definitely more of a movie. Um, but that tur- nothing's wrong with no, either of them. Nothing is absolutely wrong with either of them. No, I liked Kung Fury for what it was. Yeah, but it was more like goofy. Let's throw everything at you and just madness and Vikings and whatever. This one, one more is like one long story. It's not so much. Uh, it's laughing with it, not so much kind of at it, you know, not saying that it's mean spirited, yeah. but it's just more reverence. Like I said, ultimately, you never would have thought that you in a post-apocalyptic film that a um, an umbrella stand would provide both carnage and a lot of care and, for, you know, a little spoiler alert and their, human their kiss. It was, it was adorable. And you it's, don't expect human totem poles. Right. And when you and when you see when you see the movie, you'll know what I mean. Human living totem poles freaking like stumbling and bumbling around like a literal three stooges. It's it's <laughs> it's madness. This movie is wonderful and violent and gory and highly, highly awesome. And well, and that leads us to our next track here, which is entitled Playtime is Over, which it isn't at this point. But that's ultimately when we get a turn where Zeus kind of we get a reveal and we'll get into that reveal. And again, how much it plays into so many different 80s films. And we'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit about some more of those films that it definitely influenced. The genre mismatch that it is. Oh, and because it, it's truly that. So take a listen to Party Time is Over.
now am I wrong or is that something like you could just be driving along to now and that, just be, that, that's good that fuck like, shit up music you know what I'm saying that's like you know you're hop on the back of my pegs and let's go take some let's, with, 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 with hammer nunchucks and go fuck shit up or like you're something but i'm literally like raw you know i mean that's like good like you know catharsis like killing zombies or whatever you want to do that's some good like tearing things up music well ultimately you get that really nice driving consistent just that doom, doom, that mm-hmm. nice mid-tempo beat and when you can then just operate around it in various yeah. styles through these synth styles you got a really fun complex album that again plays many ways to different people because for me that's just i'm you know driving down the road what's left of my hair is blowing in the wind you know mm-hmm. and just kind of taking it all in if getting out that is of course if gas isn't a scarcity because you know gasoline that's right you gotta make sure i can walk away <laughs> well we talked a little bit about skeletron and he even does have his own theme and it's a brief one but i wanted to make sure to uh play it because ultimately he's kind of so he's the one thing that you can put on the poster yeah you know like you said he has that just instantly iconic visage that imagery mm-hmm. Because it all hits with all those post-apocalyptic tropes. And he's red-looking. He's like a big metal skeleton with a buzzsaw hand. How can you not fucking love it? It's, it's great. It's all in the eyes. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, ah. the guy that plays him. And that's how you have to play him. Because, he, like you said, he's a silent character. Mm-hmm. And a silent, the silent Skeletron. Ooh. Skeletron. But I, his theme is very simple and it's very short. But I, like I said, we'd be remiss if we didn't play it. So we are going to hear uh, Skeletron's Last Stand. foreboding but yet you kind of get that little like carpenter-esque riff there with mm-hmm. that a fitting in for a fitting character very iconic uh we talked a little bit about some of the films that this movie pays homage to mm-hmm. and there's so many some of them are very minute in terms of the references and some of them are very overt mm-hmm. you know obviously paying tribute to mad max that particular that particular world but in some of the minor ones and we talked a little bit about rad Uh but also if you go back to um australia in itself bmx bandits exactly which was also directed by brian trenchard smith Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of over the top there's a lot of over the top that really weird arm wrestling Mm -hmm. scene where it's like if anything that still exists in the in the post-apocalyptic world is always what's funny to me you know like a boy and his dog it's that really weird film they were watching and that's the only thing they probably had (laughs) you know in a doomsday it's fine young cannibals that still survives you know but here it's like arm wrestling and over the top it's like you know somewhere menhem golem is just like i exist it's like i exist after everyone else can apocalypse oh there's there's an apocalypse to live in uh conan oh absolutely conan total conan reference uh and even the smaller ones karate kid strike fast strike hard no No mercy. mercy That was another one that was an immediate giggle Mm -hmm. that, again, if you didn't realize that they were riffing off of the Karate Kid, no worries. It still works. And I mean, all again, over this is my gnome Gnome stick. stick. There's Evil Dead, uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yes. The guy. Yes. And going back to the old Kung Fu movies with the the weaponry, 
Like they had nunchucks, the they had side, they had the gun, they had not guns, they had um a fist that would be on a ball and chain that would come back retractable. And of course, you know, without the power glove, Turbo Kid himself. Exactly. It's total there's there's uh, Legend of Zelda references. One of the characters' name is Bagu. Mm-hmm. With and then the hearts. There's yes. uh Mega Man, because he does total the Mega Man pose. It's and he have to loads up his blaster and everything. It's wonderful. <laughs> what? It's if you put Mega Man in the post-apocalypse, you would have this movie, and it's delightful. Yeah, this is a film. Like I said, it's it's. It, I'm glad we're ending on this one. Hard no, R too. Oh yeah, truly a hard R, but not quite the hard R you get with mm-hmm. the boy and his dog. Mm-hmm. And all of our films have been rated R at this point, which it's the apocalypse. Exactly, it's kind of hard to get a PG-13 right in that particular world. But I'm glad we're ending on one that is a little bit more upbeat mm-hmm. and is more fun because that's the one thing we've seen throughout is just how dour this world is so when you were able to put a little bit of a a, a driving beat a, behind a it lighthearted, a lighthearted yeah a, light, a jaunty tune <laughs> all of those things combined it does make a weirder post-apocalyptic film but it's one truly that though it's it's embracing all of its roots we're the better for it it's oh, yeah. one of those like <laughs> four nerds made by nerds because they show their love and that's the thing there's, there's definitely a lot of love to be shown. And so mm-hmm. the last track we're going to listen to here is called Tequila Sunrise. And it is not only a, a drink that is favored by a lot of first timers out there, but it's a, it's a kind of a closing, good closing track, I think, to listen to. Mm-hmm. And then before we finish things off here, uh, because you didn't get to hear it and it's something of a live tradition here, we will class the uh, this podcast up a little. So... <laughs> Prepare for the last clean thing here on the podcast as we listen to Tequila Cup, Tequila Sunrise. <laughs> I'm already getting scribbly. <laughs> Thank you. 
somewhere somewhere in my best of all worlds, ELO does a version of the Turbo Kid soundtrack. Turbo Kid. Dun, 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 dun. Turbo Kid. No, that is a good way to end the apocalypse on like, because it's like, it's it's jaunty there's hope in it you know you still got some struggles you're gonna do go through but you're still like things are better you're taking on that eternal apple perspective yeah things are things are gonna be good as long as you can play tag have home base and have some pegs life is still worth living Mm -hmm. and that's and that's one good thing about like post-apocalypse movies in general like looking back on all this this entire wonderful month we've done of (laughs) this yeah non-dour version (laughs) right (laughs) i mean because everything ends kind of good you know i mean even a boy and his dog ends on a joke so like you know doomsday ends all right you know so life still goes on even in the apocalypse and that's again that's what you know we're driving and striving for now we talked a little bit about it before this particular uh little last track we listened to but on uh, nerds and nostalgia we do a thing on the live podcast and you know it's a it's a bit we know it's a bit and listen we it's built into the bit that we know it wasn't funny 20 years ago and it's not funny <laughs> now but it's become a sick twisted tradition yeah. <laughs> on the live show but we do the whole fmk thing and on the turbo kid one we did the post-apocalyptic edition uh, of which we had to choose from a boy and his dog mm-hmm. uh, mad max beyond thunderdome and escape from new york now, you initially did it without having seen a boy and his dog. Yeah. So, genius, this is the rare time we get a chance. <laughs> Mulligan? If you will now, having seen and experienced a boy and his dog, uh, would you like to change your answer? Because this, again, no one has, except for, except for people that were in the audience, no one's going to hear your initial answer. Right, right. But I'm curious, does your answer change now that you've seen the film? No, I think I still stand with I would kill a boy and his dog because there's some horrendous shit that goes down in that movie. So you're glad you didn't initially test right. the waters at all right right i'm still i'm still gonna get freaky with snake plissken you know i would be the duke of new york ain't number one you know <laughs> just in and out because i don't want to live in new york right no, exactly i don't want to exactly. i don't want to stay there i want to escape from new york so you that, always that, have an exit plan from new york right. that, that's what it does because <laughs> genius can 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 yep 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 so just because uh, you can 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 doesn't mean you should <laughs> should, 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 should should yeah <laughs> And then I'm gonna, and dude, I'm gonna fucking be, I'm gonna run Barter Town, man. <laughs> <laughs> Who runs Barter Town? Genius McGee. I'm gonna, li- I'm gonna marry, I'm gonna stay there, dude. I'm gonna be Uncle Entity. That's fine. That's fine. Tauntaun, play me some Turbo Kid, right? <laughs> and so, like, instead of a sax, he now has a guitar. Synthesizer, exactly. That'd be fucking rad, dude. And you know, I'd have Barter Town. You know, I'd have Thunderdome. Spin the wheel, bust the deal. Spin the. Oh, I'd hate to see what you would, your <laughs> Reverse poor ideas would end up on that board, man. I, there's no way I'd want to spin that thing. Uh, and you'd have to get a shot after spinning that wheel. Not shit. Fuel. <laughs> the ever the eternal optimist, one way or the other there. Uh, but thank you all that, you know, took time to listen for this month. Now, um, for the summer here in the month of June and July, we are doing something a little different. Um, and keeping of uh, staying with a theme, mm-hmm. as we did in this month, the entirety of the summer, summer of summer, summer of slashers. We're going to do summer of slashers. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we're going all over the board with yeah. this one and we're going to do some, what's the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to go to a much, uh, to a commentary track 
of a recent um, yes. winner of um, Into the Mouth of March Madness. Um, we are going to have some special guests on as well. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun is going to be had, but I know that we're going to open up the month of June. We're actually going to have everyone's favorite goth gangster princess back on because if you're in the Chicago area, uh, her new short, One Last Meal, is going to be premiering at Cinepocalypse. Yeah, go to Dev checking out because I'm looking forward to seeing that too. I'm really looking forward to that. So we're going to be able to converse with her, and you know how it is. We're going to have a libation of uh, some rap snacks. Rap snacks will be had because if the apocalypse happens, that's what it is. That's that'll be the, cur- the, the next currency. Uh huh. Uh-huh. I'll trade you three Cardi B's for some gas. Okay, just keep so. me on my honey jalapeno, and I'll be happy <laughs> with the Dev Ranch. <laughs> so until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. Yeah.